Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hey everyone, Tom Salemi here. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. OIS will be on the road next week. On February 28th, we'll be holding our first OIS launch event at the SECO 2018 meeting. This is our first event that's uh, really focused on an optometry-heavy event. So it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to, uh, to really reach out to an important part of the eye care world, and we're thrilled to be hosting the Dry Eye Innovations Dinner with our partners at Shire and Allergan and Johnson & Johnson. They'll have uh, representation on our uh, stage for our discussion about dry eye innovation. We'll have uh, leading, leading optometrists and ophthalmologists there to talk about these uh, new programs and these new treatments for dry eyes. So it should be a great event. If you're uh, interested in attending, again, it's going to be on February 28th, the evening of February 28th in Atlanta, you can reach out to my colleague, Danielle Pappas. Uh, Danielle's email is danielle at healthag.com. Healthogy, of course, is spelled like the word health, followed by letters E-G-Y. And Danielle can uh, send you some information. You can also find some information on OIS.net. One of the uh, participants of the program is our old friend Robert Dempsey, who, of course, is the head of Shire's Global Ophthalmics franchise. Rob is our uh, guest today on the podcast. He's going to talk a bit about uh, Zydra's launch and how heavily uh, optometrists played into uh, Shire's strategy. So a lot more than I initially thought. So it was a very interesting conversation about the role that optometrists are having in combating dry eye. And uh, we'll also talk with Rob about the, uh, the global launch of Zydra, and he'll give us an update on that. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Robert Dempsey, head of Shire's Ophthalmics franchise. And Robert will be joining us on Wednesday evening, February 28th at OIS launch, will be, which will be held on the first day of the SECO 2018 event. So if you want more information on that, go to OIS.net. Well, Bob Dempsey, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. Really excited to uh, talk to you again. Great to uh, great to have you on here, and we're going to uh, both escape the uh, the New England winter and uh, be in Atlanta uh, next week on uh, February twenty eighth at the uh, OIS launch, our dry eye innovation dinner. We're very happy to have Shire as part of that. So thank you for joining us down there. Yeah, it, it's a it's a wonderful opportunity to uh, join OIS at the inaugural SECO uh, meeting, and um, obviously, I think as you. As you expanded optometry, it's 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 a great opportunity to engage this very large and active community. Now we and we've talked offline about uh, the the emphasis that Shire had put on optometry uh, prior to the launch of Shire. Can you? I was actually surprised at, at how big a part of a strategy of your strategy that optometry is. Uh, give us a sense as to to how much effort you put into uh, to reaching out to optometrists uh, in rolling out Zydra. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a great question, and, and really the journey starts back four years ago in uh, 2013, 2014, when we when we were building out the strategy and building out the franchise. Um, as we as we looked at the evolution of 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 in the management dry eye, we really anticipated that optometry was going to be uh, a critical component and play a critical role. So what we did very very early on is is 
embrace the optometric community. Uh, and you, you know, you look at the trends, and, and the trends are more and more ophthalmologists are focused on on, on surgery, and more and more optometry uh, is focused on management of the ocular surface. Whether it's related to contact lenses, whether it's related to preoperative or postoperative management of the ocular surface, you know, optometry really has embraced the management of the ocular surface. And looking at that trend and looking at the opportunity that we had with uh, uh, the approaching uh, approval of Zydra in 2016, we really wanted to partner with optometry. And, and I think SECO was the first meeting that we attended and uh, really embraced the opportunity. And it's worked out exceptionally well for us. So what percentage of your Zydra business is connected to optometry? So you look at the, the across the country, and, and I think there's a well over 35,000 optometrists. And very early on, as we're building out our, our sales organization, we wanted to reach a large percentage of them. And when we launched in, in, uh, in August of 2016, we, we really blanketed the optometrists and uh, you know, focused on the ones that were, were very um, therapeutically inclined. And the results of that is close to um, 60% of our business for Zydra is, is coming, coming from optometry wow. and could not be happier. Um, and a lot of that, you know, you think of how we did it. It was engagement of the thought leaders, engagement of the, of the various associations, whether it was, is, it's SECO, whether it's AOA, whether it's AAO, whether it's all of the other um, uh, national and local organizations, and, and our goal was to invest in these organizations to help from an educational perspective, and it's paid off. Uh, I, I could not be happier with the leadership of optometry and and uh, the the work that we've been able to um, uh, accomplish with them. Is there a difference in uh, the cost per sale in optometry? Is it more expensive to, to reach out to optometrists? Is it less expensive than ophthalmologists? Is it roughly the same? It's probably roughly the same. I mean, the biggest difference is just the, the, the masses. Um, you know, op- ophthalmologists tend to be um, grouped together. Mm-hmm. In optometry, we, we do see large practices. But we also see a lot more of those solo and um, small group practices. So from a share of voice perspective, uh, especially geographically in the U.S., we, we really had to um, deploy you know, a lot more representatives um, uh, to reach the, the masses in optometry. And, um, and you know, it's a strategic decision that we made and um, been very happy and and one thing about optometry that I'm extremely uh, excited about, not only today but in the future, is that they have em- uh, embraced this approach. They're very responsive to industry uh, collaboration, and you know they, they are very focused on education, which is you know right at the center of how we are, are approaching this um, very exciting space. And do um, optometrists prescribe medicine? Um... At the same level, are there some that are more likely to subscribe? Excuse me, prescribe than others. Uh, I know I've gone to my optometrist for nothing more than glasses, and never really had. Fortunately, I've had to ask for anything more. Uh, we've never talked about prescriptions. I guess my question is: Do all optometrists prescribe easily? Are they all uh, possible customers or, or or contacts for for Zydra, or is it a, a smaller percentage that's kind of growing into 
into the larger group? So a, a lot more, uh, I mean, majority of optometrists have uh, therapeutic ability. And um, um, unlike ophthalmologists and optometry, it, it, it tends to be um, more state dependent. So you take the ocular surface, you take uh, dry eye medications, you take antibiotics, you take um, um, steroids. Um, majority of optometrists, whether they're in Massachusetts, Florida, California, Hawaii, are able to um, prescribe. Um, glaucoma becomes a little bit more of a challenge, and I believe in one or two states. As you know, I'm in Massachusetts, and I do not think optometrists can can prescribe. But majority of them do have um, therapeutic ability. And like any any specialty, whether it's ophthalmologist, optometry, orthopedic surgeon, you know, you, you focus on uh, on the 80-20. You know, 80% of the prescriptions will come from, um, uh, you know, the, the top 20 that are really, you know, focused on the management of the ocular surface. They probably spend less time on, on refractions and, and really have adopted what we refer to as the medical model. And those are the individuals we seek out. Those are the individuals who tend to be prolific prescribers of medications in the individuals that we do spend a lot of time with. And final question about this. Do, do, do you reach different patients by reaching out to optometrists? Do they tend to be younger? Are they not on Medicare? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a great question. So with regards to Zydra in the U.S., you know, we have a, a strong coverage in the commercial book of business. And the commercial book of business generally is that individual um, that we focus on between 40 and, 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 uh, and, and 60 that has commercial coverage. What we've found, and, and we knew this going into, into the launch of Zydra in the U.S., is that um, those individuals are, are younger, they have commercial coverage, and they're oftentimes treated by the optometrist. You know, so you look at, you know, if you could do like a, a blanket split, 65 and older tend to have, from an insurance perspective, Medicare Part D, Compared to optometrists, again, very general statement, they tend to be younger and, and tend to have more commercial insurance. And that's where, from a Zydra perspective, we've been able to really focus on, and, and it's, um, it's paid off uh, very well. Excellent. Well, so, and how does this factor into your, uh, your plans going forward? You've got the approval in, in Canada, so you're now officially a, a global enterprise. Uh, and you've uh, you've got a number of uh, uh, other applications out there in countries. Give us a an update on, on where you are on your uh, on Shire's international rollout of Zydra. Our global expansion is well on its way, Tom. Um, as you know, um, in, in in Canada, we gained approval on December twenty second, and we'll be launching uh, this quarter to both ophthalmology and optometry. So, taking the playbook from the U.S. and applying it in Canada, uh, and really reaching out to these two specialties. Um, but the good news doesn't stop there. So we have um, filed in 2017 in, in a total of 19 countries, and we're expecting approval of 17 of them over the next 12 months. Wow. For example, a major presence for us will be in, in Europe, in particular the UK and the Nordics, in the Gulf countries in Israel and Saudi Arabia, as well in Asia Pacific with Australia, Taiwan, Singapore and Korea, and just recently filed in Brazil. Um, so now we're we're going to be making a, a big splash into the Latin American marketplace. 
Well, what are, what kind of reception are you getting uh, in those markets, and, and what's your observation from uh, some of those uh, some of those uh, areas that we haven't yet touched with uh, with OIS? Yeah, I, I, well, first of all, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for OIS to expand globally. Um, I think as, as we have um, now really set forth in this global expansion, the receptivity to industry, receptivity, innovation to address unmet needs is very high. I think from a dry eye perspective, and I think it's something that OIS should consider, is the markets in the U.S. and in Canada are very mature markets. But as we enter uh, region Europe, as we enter the Gulf, as we enter Latin America, as we enter Asia Pacific, it's a, it's a very uh, immature market. Um, the management of dry eye is, is, is probably behind what we see in the U.S., and, and in Canada, so a tremendous need for education, tremendous needs for other um, other uh, modalities, whether it's uh, uh, therapeutics, devices, and um, I think just the overall awareness and education of dry eye outside of North America is um, is, is desperately needed, and, and it's going to be a, a tremendous opportunity for Shire to be seen as the leader and dry eye as we as we enter these markets. That's terrific. It's an exciting time to be making these moves, and I, and I know uh, yes, I know you've uh, got some travel planned uh, ahead of you, and uh, I hope we can we can catch up and get some reports on uh, on your different uh, successes from across the globe. But we'll definitely look forward to connecting. Well, I appreciate that, and and we definitely look forward to connecting with you next week at uh, at the OAS launch. I know you uh, you need to get going, so thanks for your time and uh, thanks for your support of OAS. Thanks, Tom, and looking forward to future collaborations with OIS and with you in particular. Thanks again. All right, well, that's a wrap. Robert Dempsey of Shire, thanks so much for joining us on the OIS podcast and at next week's OIS launch. If you want to join us at OIS launch, go to OIS.net for more information. You can also join us on April 12th at OIS at ASCRS. It's our first OIS ophthalmology-oriented event of the year. We're, of course, putting on three this year. OIS at ASCRS, OIS at ASRS, and OIS at AAO. You can find the dates on OIS.net, and you still have until March 12th to uh, see some real savings by registering for two or three of the events at the same time. Those are our double and triple play programs. You can save up to 30%. So go to OIS.net, click register. All the information is there for you. So we hope to see you next week in Atlanta and tune in next week for another great tale of innovation on the OIS podcast.